Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Hungry for More. I'm your host, Al Smith, the Pipe Padre, and uh, this week uh, we're going to be talking about tools, and uh, not the type of tools that are in my toolbox, uh, but the tools that should be in every Catholic toolbox. And I have my good friend, George Manassa from Australia, uh, visiting me today. And of course, he uh, runs a small apostolate called the Catholic Toolbox. And so we'll be uh, doing that uh, little, um, I want to say, sharing of the tools that have helped us to uh, draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So uh, we begin, as we always do, with a prayer to St. Teresa of Avila. And actually, the day that we're recording this show is on her feast day. And so I'd ask my producer, Kent Kohoski, to bring up on the screen this beautiful prayer. And so please join me. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things are passing. God never changes. Patience obtains all things. Nothing is wanting to him who possesses God. God alone suffices. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Love those words of encouragement from St. Teresa of Avila. Let nothing disturb you. And in these trying times, uh, many of us can be disturbed, but uh, we're to be people of hope. And so let us uh, trust in the Lord. I'm going to bring onto the screen my good friend, uh, George Manassa from Australia. And uh, again, George runs the Catholic Toolbox. You may have seen him on social media. And of course, his uh, blog, and uh, he's got his hand in many projects. So uh, we're going to have a little bit of back and forth today. So I want to welcome to the show, George, all the way from Australia. Welcome, George. Thank you very much for having me, Alan. Oh, you're welcome. Great to be here. Yeah. Now, did I pronounce your name correctly? I just, um, I, I usually uh, say it as I read it, but is it Manasseh? Is it Manessa? You go uh, spot on, Manasseh. Good, very good. It's similar to possibly from the genealogy of our Lord, the Manasseh tribe. <laughs> yes. I have, um, I, uh, I go back to Lebanese ancestry, so possibly Canaanite ancestry, so you have there the the origins of the Manasseh. I'm not sure exactly if we're we're related <laughs> to the tribe as such, but uh, but definitely the name is great to have my whole yes. life. 
Very good. It's all in the name. It's all in the name. So, of course, uh, St. George, uh, a great uh, saint, uh, and I'm sure you grew up with uh, hearing those stories of St. George and uh, hopefully aspiring to be like him. But um, uh, tell everyone a little bit about uh, yourself and, of course, uh, you're a young man, so uh, people always sometimes ask, they, what is a 25-year-old man doing running an apostolate? And uh, I know you have a day job, but um, I, I can bring everybody up to speed of who you are and where you're going. Well, yeah, I'm, look, I, as you said, I'm a 25-year-old and uh, I'm the host and founder of the Catholic Toolbox radio show. And it's also a podcast online, uh, which airs on a Voice of Charity Australia, which is Australia's only Catholic uh, radio network. Um, and also airs on Perusia Media. Uh, I collaborate very closely with Perusia Media. Uh, so it's also a podcast as well. So we do exclusive podcasts off air. It's a, and it's also a consultancy. So I run a bit of consultancy work as well to find practical strategies uh, for parishes, apostolates to implement um, their mission and actually evangelize. So it's a radio show, podcast and consultancy off air. Um, so by day, I'm an engineer, project manager, a business development manager. So I work, I've worked in the construction industry for the past decade. So that's my day job. And then outside working hours, I run the Catholic Toolbox radio show. Um, now the author of the book, uh, The Art of Practical Catholicism, which is a practical guide on how to take action with your faith on 40 crucial areas of the faith. Um, I'm 25 years old. I'm engaged to be married on the 26th of June next year, by God's grace, hopefully. Uh, hopefully, if there isn't a, a third wave of <laughs> the coronavirus, um, we look forward to that day. And uh, I've grown up my whole life in the faith, but I fell away from it in the year 2005 to 2009. I became very Protestant in my thinking in my in late 2005 to 2008. Uh, I attended uh, Bible-believing um, uh, churches. I became very... Bible believing only in my faith. I left going to Mass. It was then after Tim Staples from Catholic Answers came to Sydney, Australia in 2009. I think it was the, really the first wave of international Catholic speakers that I, that uh, is at the same time as being attacked on uh, teachings like purgatory by people I had met in, in different Baptist, Pentecostal, Hillsong churches. And then I remembered that I had a free CD sitting there, <laughs> there and then in those moments where I felt, well, look, I knew some, uh, the Catholic faith had some truth about purgatory and a few other those teachings that I then rushed back home to listen to that CD, that story of that man who was a former Bible-believing Christian, a Assemblies of God minister and became Catholic. And from there, it, it re-concreted my faith and and there and then it started the journey where I began to study my faith intensely. I began to order more CDs. I found out where, <laughs> where on earth uh, uh, that CD came from. And it was from Perusia Media. So I could dial the number and I asked for more CDs. And I started studying further and further my faith. And it was then um, in 2010, I came back to the faith. I had a grounding in theology, in the truth of the gospel. And I knew that the Catholic Church was the true church of Jesus Christ established. Uh, I attended Catholic Adult Education Centre in the year 2010. I was actually, by the way, I make it seem like it was such a long time ago. I was only in year 10, grade 10. <laughs> so I was the youngest person there. And it was there that I met a priest by the name of Father John Flader, 
uh, from the prelature of Opus Dei, and it was from there that I, through the help and spirituality of St. Jose Maria Escrivá, I began to actually not just learn the faith, but actually start to take it and put it into action. It's one thing to study faith, know the theology, know everything there, but it's, and that's all good. But the real struggle of the saints, the real deal is putting it into action. And that's why behind me you see uh, the, the logo of the Catholic toolbox, uh, which is the keys of Peter, our faith, and also a tool. So taking, making practical tools or practical strategies to implement our faith, to take action. And uh, here I am today, a host and founder, and uh, still trying to put my faith into action to bring it into the real world and uh, and uh, continue the journey so that we can get to heaven. I mean, we're all called to be saints. So we all need to get to heaven, and that's our mission. That's our goal, and uh, we have to do it by finding holiness in our ordinary circumstances, where we are in our, the midst of our ordinary circumstances. So that's a bit about me, Ellen. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Yeah, And I think uh, as I listen to your story, you see how the hand of God is on you. Um, you know, every parent, of course, brings their child to baptism. We like to think that's what every parent does. And we just trust in God. And yes, we hear these stories of our children uh, wandering away from the faith and um, experimenting, if you want to call it that. And yet, uh, when I hear of your story, I see that uh, I'm sure that your parents are very happy that you're back into the fold and, of course, uh, trying to share the faith. Now, you mentioned, uh, again, finding some good uh, spiritual formation. And uh, you mentioned uh, Father John uh, and, uh, of course, uh, the writings of St. Jose Maria Escriva. Now, I think a lot of times people, when they hear of Opus Dei, they sometimes, you know, uh, um, stand back a little bit. They maybe have uh, listened to too many uh, of the, uh, the wrong podcasters, I call it. Exactly. Um, and, and again, I've uh, read many of St. Jose Maria's writings, and I try to say to people, remember, he's a saint. He's a saint of the church. And so, uh, of course, I'm a big promoter of the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Jean, who is there over my shoulder. And uh, I always try Absolutely. to say, thank you. His, his um, writings have been approved by the church. And St. Jose Maria Escriva's writings have been approved by the church. So I said, don't be afraid of a saint's writing. So tell me a little bit about um, your experience, of course, uh, being um, schooled um, in what I'd like to call uh, the family of Opus Dei. Uh, well, so I was actually schooled, um, yeah, let's say, uh, be worth mentioning in the, um, I went to a Maronite Catholic school. So I went uh, through the, the Eastern Catholic spirituality, but it was then in 2010, I realized my spirituality uh, being in the Roman Rite, uh, practicing according to the Roman Rite. And, uh, and from there, my upbringing had really aligned with the idea of sanctifying your work in the everyday circumstances of daily life. And so my experience was simply that, how do I describe this is it, it's very practical. I mean, it's, uh, it's where San Jose Maria basically he focuses, he, he wasn't so much of a poetic writer, a conceptual writer, though he did go very deep spiritually, but he really focused on digesting the faith and putting it into action. Like, for instance, you read the, the way, the forge, the furrow, the three famous works of St. Jose Maria or uh, Christ passing by, and you really realize how, 
how contemplative he was, but he wasn't in a monastery. He wasn't in a secluded place. He was in the midst of the world, in the midst of ordinary circumstances. And it was there, Alan, that it really illuminated with me uh, to live as a contemplative, to live uh, as, let's say, as the monks um, uh, and as the monks and the religious uh, uh, initiated by St. Benedict, Ora et Labora, to work and pray, but in the world, outside the monastery, in the midst of your ordinary circumstance, that really resonated with, with me. And so when I started attending, let's say you call it circles or, or uh, monthly recollections, my experience of that really um, flourished. Uh, so it was basically, let's say, like a spiritual powerhouse or a retreat, you know, when Superman retreats to his uh, fortress of solitude. So it became like that for me where, you know, you come to your, your yearly, bi-yearly retreats. And that those retreats really resonated with me, uh, things carried out by the prelature. Um, so the monthly recollections were like a monthly retreat where I retreat back from the world, look at myself spiritually, interiorly, and uh, also those monthly spiritual uh, direction sessions where I come together with my spiritual director very closely and talk about how my month was. I mean, those, those activities there pull you out of the world to prepare you to go back in, <laughs> to mm -hmm. recharge you to go back in, not to retreat from the world and not be of the world. We're not of the world, but we're in the world. So the activities of Opus are very practical, very um, formative for you to be in the real world. It's one thing to be in an enclosed Catholic circle, which we need to be. We need to foster the Catholic community, the church community. But again, we're called to step outside of that and get out there into your workplace, into the secular, into the political sphere and actually spread the gospel. And it's not actually easy because, I mean, so we talk about learning the faith, accepting the faith to the saints, really. On, on on that level to the saints. I mean, it was, they took for granted accepting the teaching of the church, understanding the teaching of the church. The real deal was actually living it and implementing it in your day-to-day -day life. I mean, how many times do you ask, how many times um, do we bring somebody from our workplace back to the Catholic faith? How many times do we engage them on a faith and help them realize that the Catholic faith is the true faith? And, and when do we bring somebody last to baptism? <laughs> I mean, we have to ask ourselves those real questions. So it's actually harder to live the Catholic faith in the real world of today. And that's where uh, the Catholic Talks was inspired, where I wanted to uh, create a radio show which aligned with not just learning the faith. I mean, there's plenty of resources out there, but focusing on taking the faith, mechanically translating um areas of the faith into practical resolutions, ways in which we can take action with it. Because we need more of that. We need more of that supplement, uh, supplementary uh, instruction in taking action in our faith today than ever before, because we live in such a fast-paced society that we need to keep up to date with how to live our faith in the day-to-day -day world and also bring people to the faith. So my experience with Open State is absolutely tremendous uh, this spiritual activity is absolutely uh, very spiritually refreshing and uh the, the sense of mentorship there to actually get back out there as an apostle in the world has been tremendous Alan. Mm -hmm. yes yeah and i think i i guess i, I said school because 
I run the School of Sheen. And so uh, for many years, I've been giving retreats and parish missions and uh, giving classes uh, using the writings of uh, Fulton Sheen. So uh, I always just say the School of Sheen, the School of St. Josemaria, <laughs> the school, because uh, these saints have written great books, uh, the guidebooks. And uh, really, I think what Fulton Sheen has taught me is how to engage the culture. And uh, very much St. Josemaria was doing the same thing. He was saying, I'm going to give you a few tips on how to engage the culture and present Christ to the world and uh, do it uh, in a very natural way and show people that I have peace of soul. I found peace with this and this formula. So um, let's talk a little bit about the Catholic toolbox because um, I remember uh, quite some time ago, a friend of mine actually wrote me and said, you got to check out this new podcast called The Catholic Toolbox. You're a man of trade. You've got tools. And you do a Catholic radio show. You've been on the air since 2006. You got to check this out. So, um, so of course, I started to follow you and see what you were doing. And uh, what we, what I love is that every week you interview people and ask them a few questions to say, could you give me your practical tools? And uh, after, you, after you listen each week, all of a sudden now I've got even more tools than I know what to do with. So tell us a little bit about who you've been interviewing, what you've been able to uh, garner from some of your guests. And of course, I know that you've applied it in your own life. So uh, tell me a little bit about that experience. Well, the, let me first start by saying how I founded the Catholic Toolbox. So um, I'm an engineer by trade and you're a plumber by trade. So we understand uh, <laughs> the whole trade system and how it works and how practical it is. So I was in a, a, what we call a, a, a project management meeting. We had a new project that came to light. So everybody comes together, the project manager, the site managers, site engineers, contract administrators, they all come together in a meeting called the Toolbox Meeting. Now, those toolbox meetings are meetings where we take the plans, the contracts, the concepts, the agreements, the quotations all together. We sit down. How are we going to practically implement this project? Now, sitting in the midst of that project, and I have been a very um, uh, 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 disheartened by the approaches that we're taking as a church uh, on a pastoral level. Uh, on, on evangelizing the culture, I had read some very disturbing statistics about mass attendance that week. So I was in that sort of state of mind during that week and I was sitting in that meeting and something caused me to doze off for about 10, a couple of five minutes. And I thought, imagine, look how practically we're strategizing to, have, to implement this project, to keep it on time, our program, to keep it on cost, so our budgeting system, our cost control, and to keep it on quality, to deliver the quality on the cost and the time. Look how practical this is. Can you imagine if we had the same thing, but for the church, where we sit down and we strategize practically, how can we evangelize this culture? How can we bring Catholics, good practicing Catholics into the work, uh, into the workplace and in politics, especially. We see that with the Supreme Court of the United States now, uh, some refreshing stuff happening there. But how can we do that at a mass scale? How can we better uh, re-evangelize Catholics? How can we uh, implement in our day-to-day -day activities at work? How can we reveal to people that we are practicing Catholics and bear uh, witness of the gospel? So it clicked to me there. It was a light bulb moment where I knew we need 
a toolbox talk that's Catholic. So therefore a Catholic toolbox and instruction, a practical instruction manual on how to implement different areas of the church's faith, our, our church's faith, um, especially in the real world of today. And we need it for today. I mean, it's one thing to read St. Francis of Assisi and we can read and learn and study all the different saints of antiquity, but we can't apply the exact same strategy on how they evangelize the culture. We can't just stand up in the middle of your workplace and, and start preaching to people. We've got to find different ways. Every generation has its own struggle. It has its own um, situation to, to deal with. So moving on from there, I found Catholic Toolbox about a year and a half ago. Um, and what we do is we take an area of the faith. I interview people like um, Bishop Richard Umbers, who's the famous main bishop worldwide, um, uh, people like D Dynamic Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers, people like yourself this week. We had a tremendous episode, uh, I believe, on air uh, with Archbishop Fulton Sheen. You really inspired me to now, I'm now actually taking action to study Archbishop Sheen and his great influence on telecommunications. I think he can be a great inspiration for us. So that was an amazing episode. We've got some great hits there and the podcast will be uploaded tonight. So we take the first 15 minutes, we talk about an aspect of the faith. The second 15-minute segment... We go straight into three. I ask my guests to give me three practical tools. So uh, from the toolbox. So the toolbox is basically the teaching of the church. And we want to take tools outside of the toolbox, which are practical strategies. So you see here behind me, we have the faith and we have the tools. So I want three practical tips or tools on how to implement that area of the faith. It could be chastity, for instance. We discuss it. We have a speaker there on this topic. And then we come up with three practical tips, such as, uh, um, you know, put a put a block on your internet uh, on uh, certain parts of the internet. Uh, uh, go see, you know, possibly a psychologist and talk about these. We come up with practical things where we can take action because uh, it's one thing to listen, be inspired, and then it sort of fades away as the emotions fade away. We forget about. We don't really do anything with it. But then when you have three practical solid uh, tips, which are small and sweet, but actually harder to do, you'll then take it and at least aspire towards taking action better than you did had you left with just a bunch of theory. So, and then um, the last 30 minute segment is a further discussion of those three practical tools and, and we open up live for questions or answers. People can call in live. Um, nationally or internationally, or they can comment on the Facebook uh, page or email through to the Catholic Toolbox. So that's the basic structure of it. Um, and uh, yeah, it was in, that's how it was inspired and that's how it came to fruition. And uh, I think our, we're getting a lot more hits than we did, you know, let's say three months ago. Uh, the emails I get, the inquiries, people asking for different topics that they want. So usually I adjust on a monthly basis the topics based on demand. So I didn't know that it would um, grow and burst out like it did. I think people are just hungry for some practical knowledge, you know. Uh, there's a lot of theory out there, but you, you want practical strategies on implementing your faith and actually living it. So, uh, you know, uh, thanks be to God. I mean, it's God's work. Um, so I think uh, there's some great success there. And we're, we're bearing some, fr some fruit and we're doing something to better the world uh, and better the people's faith every day, Alan. Right. And I think, you know, back in 2014, I uh, had a very similar inspiration to start a show and I called it Hungry for More because I was, you know, sitting, right. at, sitting at home saying, 
I'd learn, I, I want to learn more about this. I want to learn more about that. I want to, uh, you know, there's stuff I've been reading that uh, I can't find enough information on. And uh, yes, I can Google search things, but it's uh, people are at home saying the same thing. They want to learn more about certain topics. And I think what uh, you're realizing with your numbers that are growing in leaps and bounds is that people want to interact. People want good, solid Catholic formation from real people. Uh, I like to say we're the, we're the frontline workers. We're the ones out uh, going to work every day, but exactly. trying to engage the culture. Very and, important. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's Tell very me. important that you said it's we're frontline workers because it's different. It's great to hear it from a priest uh, and uh, a religious, but it's something different where, because I work a day job, I work in the secular world, I don't work around Catholics um, and I'm a lay person. People want to hear it from people like myself, like yourself, because we, and you're a plumber and you're a tradesperson as well. Uh, we have day job, normal day jobs. I think people look at that differently than someone who, and look at that differently because it complements a, a priest's formation. It complements that. So that's where people look at it and say, oh, this person has the same struggle that I have. He's in the workplace. He's in the real world. He doesn't work full time for a, a Catholic uh, institution or a posse. He doesn't. I love to do this full time, and I hope to do this full time. But uh, what really helps me appeal, and I'm sure it definitely applies to your case, is the fact that we are both lay people in the world, and we have those same struggles. We're talking about things that I struggle with, and that I'm and I'm working on. And we're not perfect. We're not the models for it, but we're aspiring towards that. So we're on the journey together. Mm -hmm. Yes, but I think this is what uh, we shoulder up to each other and say, here's what I've learned uh, in some of my interviews. Here's what I've learned uh, visiting 30,000 people and going into their homes. And um, I think this is what's been very good for my faith is that I say to everyone, you know, I go into four or five homes every day to fix people's pipes, but I hear four or five different stories of how God's working in people's lives. Uh, what kind of formation they had. So uh, I tell you, I think of what the apostles experienced many years ago. Um, and our Lord said, you know, go into a home. If they receive you, stay, enjoy their company. <laughs> if they kick you out, you know, shake the dust off your feet and go, you know. But uh, again, those apostles inspire us to say, we need to be doing the same thing. We're all called to be missionaries and to be missionary minded. And I'm sure uh, you have challenges, as you said, you have a secular job where even talking about the faith, it seems like you get fired if you talk about the faith. Um, I'm self-employed, so I can get fired every day. It doesn't really matter, but um, I think for you, but how do you find, give maybe uh, someone one or two ideas of how you sneak the faith into conversations in your corporate uh, life. Is there any techniques or any tricks that you could share with the viewers at home uh, about how to introduce the faith or have the conversation uh, go about it safely? Is there anything you might share? Well, uh, it's it's very interesting that you talk about, you know, getting kicked out of work. I think that's more the case in those, those you know, shark corporate uh, companies, you know, but thanks be to God, I work in them. Um, you know, we work in project management, work in construction. I think the blue collars, the trades, uh, that kind of sector, I think there's less, uh, there are less left agendas there. So I think people are just, you know, the kind of workplace that I'm in is sort of like you come to work, we got work to do and we get it done and then we leave. You know, it's like a lot of people 
you, you uh, aren't really shocked all the time that you practice your faith because you have all different kinds of um, religions. But uh, it's it's not so much of a leftist culture. I mean, because you still have you know tradespeople and they're still they still are in line with reality. You know, they fix pipes, they fix uh, concrete, they fix. Um, all sorts of trades. So I think there's something with trade culture where it's still rooted in reality. So there's no, there are political agendas here and there. So we're just here to deliver real projects, you know, on times, budgets. But I think my experience has been um, that the, some of the best ways to sneak in your faith and start conversations is, let's say when you're out on site or you're driving outside the office in between meetings and stuff like that, you start talking about your weekend the weekend is probably one of the best things you are some people ask you oh what did you do on the weekend you know the monday conversation or the friday conversation and then you sneak in oh well uh look i usually go to a youth group or some youth group for my church uh that's the best way to sneak it in they might just come back and say oh you go to church and then the conversation starts there uh or like for instance if you have a cultural background in a way if you're in a if you're a son of a migrant or something i usually use that strategy where i talk about because i have a lebanese ancestry uh and i i make that clear to some people and i say oh well it's uh uh i talk about a bit about my culture and then you sneak in the faith because oh it's part of your culture and <laughs> you, you bring that side by side there and also the third thing is occasions the best thing i talk about is let's say it's easter let's say it's christmas uh, Easter, I talk about, oh, well, you know, we have a big barbecue or, you know, I'm fasting, you know, I can't eat. You, you bring it up uh, slowly with occasions or that we have something on with our youth group. Um, but the best way, I think, in your workplace, in the mid-to-ordinary workplace, is to do a very good job. Because the worst thing is when you're starting to evangelize and bear witness to the truth and people find out you're a Catholic and you're practicing your faith is... And you're, you're, you're not the ideal employee <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh, you don't do a good job. The best thing is to start by maybe not revealing straight away that you're a practicing Catholic, but come in, start in your new workplace or renew yourself in your workplace, start to do an amazing job, work that little bit extra, go that extra mile, win people over through what you're doing there. And then, then people respect you at a certain level. And it's there that you've opened up. It's like a gig. You've opened up the gears for them to shift into ah evangelization mode where they respect you. You're doing a great job and they want to know why you work so ethically, why you work so well. They start to become curious about your work ethic and what inspires you, what's behind this work ethic. So and there and um, last of all, I think uh, another good strategy for evangelizing the workplace is when sooner or later it usually does come up the catholic church religion and then you can step in and say oh well and do your thing and then explain or defend the catholic faith in a respectful manner and uh that's where sort of people start to realize oh well he's a religious person and um you know and he's a young person or or, or whatever age you are um to your situation to whatever the, the the situation there is so those are some strategies there uh to put it in put it shortly <laughs> no thank thank you for that i mean i i'm i'm all ears going i like that idea i like that i like that and i'm sure everybody at home is nodding their heads going i, I just wrote that down i'm going to use that 
uh, for sure. And I appreciate that. Now, uh, the Catholic Toolbox, of course, people can uh, find you on the web. And I, I always try to say, remember, it's the Catholic Toolbox Show. Um, I think there is some other um, organizations that have used the word Catholic Toolbox. So uh, yeah. to find you, it's the Catholic Toolbox Show. But you can so, go to www.thecatholictoolboxshow.com or you can go to any podcast platform and download The Catholic Toolbox. Uh, you can go to our Facebook, uh, Instagram, and uh, uh, other accounts, all our social media. So it's at, uh, all our social medias are at The Catholic Toolbox Show. So you can uh, follow and subscribe on Facebook and Instagram, especially. Uh, we look forward to finding you there. Right. Now, I've seen you on many platforms. I, you're on the radio. You're um, uh, on YouTube. So how do, tell me of this radio connection. And uh, again, I think it's just um, people are always saying, wow, you have a big reach. But uh, And I believe even some of your material goes on to EWTN Asia Pacific. So uh, tell us about those connections. Yeah, so I think it was during COVID-19 uh, when the whole pandemic really hit in March, April, that my pod stats just skyrocketed. I woke up one morning, I was drinking my coffee, looking at the pod stats, and it's just where I just went to hundreds of people, hundreds of downloads, and I realized how much people are inside and they want content. People are demanding the truth and they want to know the truth and they want to start to rediscover things. I think it was sort of like everybody's... in experiencing an apocalyptic, uh, <laughs> sort of apocalyptic, the whole pandemic, cities shut down. I think people were hungering for truth and uh, the views increased dramatically. And I was like, to my surprise, you know, I just started the Catholic Toolbox radio show and helping a few local people in the community and just burst out into this, uh, such a great demand. So what I did was, um, and that's where multi-streaming cross-posting uh, came in where you know when I go live I'm on 17:01 a.m. in uh, Sydney Australia so um, that's the radio uh, radio network that we're on so people listen in just via their radio through their cars uh, a lot of the old generation love to listen through their little radios and uh, while they're driving to the show but also it's on Facebook live and it gets streamed on EWTN Asia Pacific Perusia Media Perusia World Voice of Charity Australia, the Catholic Toolbox Show, of course, uh, Cradio and a few other places. So it's live on different platforms there. And right now we're working on an online television through the Voice of Charity at the moment. So an online television network, um, a digital television where it can also stream there. And hopefully hopefully we want to get Catholic, like, like an e similar to an EWTN, catholic um television network but we need that here in australia and on an australian one here um so i think multi-streaming became very rampant uh, during COVID 19 that's really where it kicked off the multi-streaming and um, the views have gone up since and um, hopefully we're reaching more and more people at the moment mm -hmm. by doing that alan yeah, we, I think we were shaken out of our comfort zone. Um, many of us were on what we call our own regiment, uh, where we just kind of fell into a rhythm that just was easy, go to mask, maybe the odd conference. But when all of that was taken away, we all had to do a gut check and say, what do I really believe in? What am I hungry for? And I started to realize very quickly myself, uh, I saw a great increase in people uh, wanting me to do uh, online conferences, online uh, explanations of some of Sheen's books, 
because all of that was cut off when the churches closed and uh, all of a sudden we realized, hey, how important is our faith? And uh, many people, of course, are searching now for good content. And of course, they found the Catholic Toolbox show, my little show, Hungry for More. So <laughs> we're both blessed and we still have day jobs, as you said. And I know that uh, you have to head off to your day job. And I do appreciate you spending time with me this morning. And I believe, uh, again, to tell everyone uh, that uh, we started at 5 a.m. Australian time. So uh, again, um, just returning the favor. I know when I came out to your show, <laughs> I had to wake up at 5 a.m. too, but uh, all worth it. If we can bring one soul, <laughs> one soul to christ one soul closer it was worth that little sacrifice of waking up uh, to be on the air at five in the morning so uh hopefully Absolutely. And, and the very you don't know when you're live on air you see that you just see numbers thousands of people pod stats uh heaps of downloads uh questions coming in here and there but you don't know it's it's that person who doesn't comment doesn't call in probably some other place of the world i don't know where they are that you know they're hungering for truth and you can really change that one soul it, it, it's it, it's phenomenal you know like i see people around sydney and new south wales the state here that we're in um and people come up to me and they say oh you're george from the catholic toolbox show i really love your show it's helped me that to me is the my why of why <laughs> why of why i do this you know it's it's that it, i want to help people generally to take action with their faith and uh, for someone to come up to me and tell me that, you know, it's absolutely the the catalyzing factor in why I do this. You know, there's nothing more satisfying than someone coming up to me that I don't know, never heard of, never seen around. It's just a random person. And I've helped that person just by listening in. Mm -hmm. If you help one soul, I've, if I can help one soul and you can help one soul, we've done our job. You know, uh, our Lord left the entire flock and spoke about leaving the entire flock to go after that one sheep. You know, he valued that one sheep. We can do the same. But it's not just one, but it's thousands. How many other people are we helping? That's the great thing. It's 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 multiplied by, um, and we don't know it. We just sometimes know the results of um, and the fruits of our labor. But that's fine as long as we continue doing our work here on radio. You're on Canadian radio here. We're doing we're we're sort of on a similar path here, Alan. <laughs> yes. uh, we have day jobs, uh, both in the trades. Uh, um, I think there's that great connection between you and I here, and uh, what we're doing, and uh, you're a great inspiration to myself. Uh, and uh, I think we do need to to value that we are reaching people. We are helping people. Um, just by doing a little bit of what we do. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I say to people all the time, we're all podcasters. We're all, I think when we joined, I guess, came into the era that everyone has a cell phone, everyone can uh, record a video, everyone can uh, give their two cents. We all became podcasters in a way. And uh, we all have an opportunity to share the gospel. And, uh, you know, I've had so many people, like you, the story you just said, uh, people come up and say, you said something four years ago that touched my life and, um, you know, put me on a path. And so uh, I just wake up every day, try to create something. And I encourage everyone to do the same. Create something, post it to Facebook, post it to social media. If you have the energy and the time, make your podcast, share it. Even if it only goes out to 10 people, you might touch one soul. And of course, uh, it will go well exactly. for you. Uh, even when I first started, 
if we, and I'm sure when you first started, we, we didn't have that many views. We didn't have many people. And sometimes you think, oh, it's only 10 people. But if there's two people in the room, this is what we have to realize. Our, we could have said that at the foot of the cross with our Lord. Oh, he's just, he's a, what a failure, you know, handful of people at the cross, you know, who thought, look where it is today. One billion strong. Yes. Yes. That's right. And I think and it's not about the numbers. It's valuable. Every soul, we need to touch every single soul, whether it's two people, it's one people. I've had talks where, you know, I think during COVID, uh, people don't know it's on. So I had like four people attend. But to me, I don't look at the numbers. You know, if we're reaching one, two or three, it's it's a soul. And the beauty with live streaming is that at least now people who would not have, I, I think people, because they're, especially in the city here in Sydney and in Australia, I'm sure it's like that in Canada, they they don't have time to be at talk. Sometimes for me, it's like, oh, I can't be at every single talk in the city. But when it's live, Facebook live, it really brings people in that, otherwise would not have come physically to your talk. So we're capturing people. Really, the Facebook Lives, the virtual conferences are uniting Catholics further. And I think at least are bringing people to the faith. You know, live stream masses, people that would not have even thought about going to mass, at least watching the mass live, that's a start to plant a seed for them to come back to the faith. So it's a win-win. I see it as a win-win situation uh, by us live streaming having it physically there uh, let's say a talk or a conference and also live streaming it's a win-win for people who are coming physically and for people who are there virtually it's better than nothing it's better than people not listening at all to what the content that's being conveyed there that's how i see it at least it helps us propagate the gospel at a faster rate because people don't have to physically be there so i think we really do have to step up as a church with our virtual presence and uh, we need to quickly adapt to that. And I think we have, you know, and yes. I think that will help people come to the faith um, and realize and be recatechized. Let's say when people have thousands of people who listen, but there's people who aren't Catholic who may scroll through Facebook and say, Oh, well, oh, George is like, what's this about? And then they click it and then they listen to the show. They listen to you talking about Bishop Fulton Sheen this week and they think, oh, wow, what is this? And then they start looking further and further. All we want to do with social media is plant a seed, wherever, which, whichever platform it is. And then that can start the journey. Because all it took for me was just having a free CD uh, of, of Tim Staples' story. And it was sitting there in the closet. I just dumped it somewhere. And I got attacked on my faith. And there you go. I knew I had that CD there. It planted that seed. So we can't underestimate social media and the effect that it has. Though we think people may not be listening or seeing or noticing, they are, and we don't know it. And we don't need to know it because it's God's work. We're the instruments. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, as I said to so many of my friends, uh, you were made for eternity. Get used to it. Get used to it, okay? And uh, we're going to stay yeah. busy uh, on this uh, side of heaven and hopefully stay busy on the other side of heaven. And so uh, it's been a slice of heaven having you on my show, uh, George. And uh, again, we'll put all of your links in our show notes. And uh, of course, I want to thank you for sharing a few of your insights. So uh, we'll give you the last word here before we end in prayer. But uh, anything that you want to say to our audience? Uh, what I want to say is... Do not despair during this age. Every generation has its struggles. We, we, though we may 
see, it may seem that the secular world is out to actually is out to actually undermine our faith. It may seem as if it's impossible to live the faith in the real world with all the struggles and to actually bring the faith to people in the real world. We are equipped with the practical tools of technology, all the resources that we have to get the job done. For instance, every job in every trade requires different tools. And we need, we have the tools of our generation to evangelize. And so take up the challenge of the generation by learning your faith. Go back, study the faith, equip yourself with the knowledge, and then I would say find a spiritual director or find a mentor to help you on that faith journey. And then thirdly is on a regular basis, come up with practical, devise practical strategies as part of your spiritual life to implement your faith, live your faith in the different areas. Don't be afraid to get a notepad and write down what will work for you, what will help you overcome that, that purity problem. What will help you overcome uh, being ashamed of your faith in the real in, in the real world in the workplace? And find always be on hand to find devise a practical strategy. And uh, as Saint Jose Maria, I was just reading here on my phone. Saint Jose Maria Escrivá says, "Keep the resolutions uh, devise good, good, but sorry, short but few resolutions." So. Keep them short and sweet, but doable. That's the main thing for us. Because, I mean, often we take so much knowledge, but then to actually practice it, it's something different. So create short, but sweet resolutions. That's my advice there that I'll leave with you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And, of course, we will end the program, as we always do, uh, asking for the intercession of the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen to uh, bless uh, our apostolates and, of course, to um, help us to bring souls to Christ. So I'll have my producer, Kent Kohusky, bring up on the screen uh, view a beautiful picture of Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, and we'll pray together. So please join me. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Eternal Father, you alone grant us every blessing in heaven and on earth through the redemptive mission of your divine Son, Jesus Christ, and by the working of the Holy Spirit. If it be according to your will, glorify your servant, Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, by granting the favor I now request through his prayerful intercession. And here we ask for God's blessing upon George and his apostolic endeavors of the Catholic Toolbox Show. And we make this prayer confidently through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everyone, thank you for joining me for another edition of Hungry for More. And so until next time, stay hungry, stay holy, and of course, stay tuned on the Fiat Ministry Network. God love you. <laughs>